Welcome to Basecamp, where men join together to seek deeper understanding of authentic manhood and apply principles from God's Word to our daily lives. If you're looking for the next level in men's ministry, join us and experience a life of Christian fellowship with men sold out for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. May God be praised. Now, with the Holy Spirit having uh, swept through the hearts of the believers in the church, ablazed following Pentecost, our enemy launched a, a massive counterattack to annihilate the early church. Now, this meaty passage here from four to six, thanks so much, Jack, uh, covers three storylines that highlight the enemy's scheme of maneuvers, strategies, tactics, as weapons um, in, in the dimension of spiritual warfare here. So I'm going to cover uh, all three of these storylines here, but the bottom line is Satan t- newsflash, okay? Satan attacks from within and from without the church. So the setting of the first storyline is uh, with the early church community in the context of the believer's generosity. Now, the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. No one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. With great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them. For owners of land and houses uh, sold them and laid the proceeds at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to each as they had need. So from chapter 2, Luke's record emphasizes what he introduced, that the believers had everything in common. Now, let me assure you, uh, both red and blue-blooded Americans, that this commentary asserts this is definitely not biblical mandate for communism or socialism or any other ism you want to argue. Uh, Stott mentions in uh, his book, The Message of Acts, has been uh, uh, my guide for this, that their economic sharing was simply one expression of the union of their hearts and minds. Nobody claimed their possessions were their own. I translate that as these believers were considered themselves stewards of what God gave them. Uh, their actions were voluntary and intermittent, and the distribution was proportional to the need. So um, now that sets the context for which enter Ananias, who with his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property, and with his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. So Greek for the day, Alec, he kept back. Now the Greek root word nosphizo, not up and down, good, oh, okay, good. Set apart for oneself or to purloin, embezzle, appropriate for one's own use. So Stott's commentary uh, again here indicates that they sold under the agreement that they were gonna give the total amount to the church. And then they defrauded both the buyer and the church. So they wanted the prestige for sacrificial generosity without the inconvenience. And Peter confronts Ananias, first of all, with the reality that Satan had filled his heart and he took action on it to contrive this deceit and lie. And he also confronts him with the truth that, hey, 
your property was yours before you sold it and even afterwards. So they were under no obligation at all to do this. Now, Acts also mentions, that the chapter also mentions that Barnabas, uh, who we'll hear later about, epitomized generosity by selling a field and offering all of the proceeds as God led his heart to do. Ananias and Sapphira here epitomize greed, hypocrisy, fraud, embezzlement, deceit. And, and fellas, let's not forget and, and lose that this man led his wife also to do such grievous sin. We are priests of the home, fellas. Protect it. So Satan's strategy here, attacking the church from within through moral corruption and deception in the community. Now, there was no place for this in the early church. And God defeated Satan's attack immediately. And as we know, in finality for Ananias and Sapphira, right there through the power of the Holy Spirit demonstrated through the apostles. Is the punishment severe and harsh? Yeah. Perhaps to us, or certainly anyone who questions God's goodness, it may lead us to doubt. But no to a holy God. His judgment is just. So the result here was that great fear came upon the whole church and gripped all who heard. Because they saw God's power and his wrath demonstrated by the Holy Spirit through the apostles. I got to tell you, fellas, in, in reading this story over and over and over again, it should give us pause to tremble in awe and healthy, reverent fear of a holy and just God. Now, I'm going to pin this storyline for now. We're going we're to come back to it, all right? Now, the attack from without against the apostles' boldness in the face of increased opposition, many signs and wonders were done regularly among the people by the hands of the apostles. And um, as David introduced to us last week, uh, imprisonment, these, um, the high priest rose up and the religious establishment filled with jealousy, arrested the apostles, put them in the public prison. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened up the prison doors and brought them out with a command to go, stand in the temple, speak to the people all the words of this life. Now, the next morning when the officers came, the apostles weren't behind bars. The captain, the captain of the temple and the chief priests were greatly perplexed. Okay, I'm thinking the temple captain here is going to DEFCON 5, okay? Um, while the Romans weren't involved yet, I'm figuring that guy figures he's dead. Um, and then someone came and told him, hey, look, they're out, in the temp they're, they're out on the temple grounds and they're preaching to the people. So then the captain with the officers went and brought them, but not by force this time, for they were all afraid of being stoned by the people. So here we see God's power at work actively defeating the enemy with paranoia building in the religious order. Now, imagine... In, as opposed to what uh, um, Dave uh, set for us last week, imagine the apostles' confidence and boldness as this time they were escorted. 
to the Sanhedrin. When they had brought them in, they set them before the count. They set them before the council, and the high priest questioned them, saying, "We strictly charge you not to teach in this name. Here you are; you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us." But Peter and the apostles answered, "We must obey God rather than men." I, I wish. Actually, I'm glad I don't have time or I'm going to make time to drop the anchor on civil disobedience here. We'll save that for someone else later down Acts, okay? So I want to kick that can down the road. Um, The Sanhedrin enraged and wanted to kill them. So Satan attacks by stirring jealousy, fear, and paranoia in the hearts of the religious order, which was manifested in their attempts to humiliate the apostles publicly, repudiate them, shame them in public, intimidate them, and then again through threats of death and infliction of bodily pain. Well, God providentially blunts this attack by, first of all, emboldening the the apostles further, and through an unlikely ally, maybe, uh, Gamaliel, who convinced the Sanhedrin to Keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or undertaking is of man, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. And here we are today, 2,000 years later, fellas. In the church age, at Burt Community Church, after centuries of martyrdom, persecution, and unthinkable acts of savagery between mankind, to squelch and annihilate the name and the faith in Jesus Christ. But it is of God and it did not fail. So Sanhedrin, Sanhedrin let them go. They beat them. They charged and and, and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus Christ. So Satan reverts to pain, terror, condemnation, and intimidation. Again, the believer's uh, response to all this well, they, they left the presence of the council and headed back home and went to work and never said a thing about it again. Right, exactly. No, not, not quite. They were rejoicing and count, they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And they, so they, and they were out public, went from house to house. They didn't cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. God defends his people against the enemy. He increased their joy. He galvanized their unity and their boldness. Now, in Western culture, uh, very difficult for us to grasp this kind of persecution. Um, And what's further ahead yet in Acts, uh, unless you've seen it overseas or read about it or studied it in, in, in book and film, and certainly in American society today, we could probably argue the finer points of this unfolding in our own country. Um, Again, another anchor I can't quite drop uh, this morning yet, this uh, fellas. So I do want to thank um, uh, Scotty or Chuck, you know, whoever found Robert Morgan's book on this day in Christian history. And uh, this is a a prize uh, for a handful of uh, uh, folk, uh, guys at uh, the men's retreat. Derek Murray. There we go. Yes. Okay. So, um, Derek, I got to tell you, thanks um, for this book. Uh, I I will say, I encourage you guys to get it. 
Um, Amazon can have it to your doorstep by tomorrow. Oh, that was bad. That was, that was shameless, Harry. That, uh, yeah, okay. Um, I didn't really mean to do that. Uh, uh, let's see. Um, and you can uh, read daily vo- one-minute, two-minute devotional there on the Christian martyrs, saints, and heroes. Um, and I'll just say that th- this has most certainly calibrated me on my light and temporary afflictions in comparison to some of the gruesome um, acts that uh, some of our, uh, the, the cloud of witnesses that have gone before us have suffered. Now, the third storyline addresses the early church's organi- organizational growth in which Satan attacks from within again. Complaints arose uh, between uh, the Greek-speaking Jews and the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. So, the disciples gathered together. They agreed that uh, because the apostles should not give up the preaching of the word um, uh, of God to serve tables, they needed to delegate service to men of good repute, full of wisdom, who we will appoint this duty. Now, so God thwarts Satan's distraction tactics here handily with wisdom in church leadership and men of good repute who were willing to serve. Now, the result here, uh, not on this slide, but the word of God continued to increase. The number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and a great many of the priests became obedient in the faith. That struck me that they specified the priests. I I wonder if some of them could have been the very men that were just on the other side of that trial just days ago, persecuting them. And it should inspire us to stand boldly and share our stories because there are priests in our sphere of influence on the other side of our stories that will make choices based on what, who we are and what we share and what we model. Now, how that works in predestination and free will and providence, I have no idea. We'll find out on the other side of heaven, fellas. So, Now, in all three of these storylines, God wins every time, handily, decisively. Now, I told you I put a, uh, a pin in, this, in, the, uh, in the first storyline. Um, so, I'm going to proceed here with caution and passion. Caution because I know the enemy is going to attempt to warp the following message here in ways that, fellas, you're not doing enough. You're not going to earn it. Now, we know, we know we never will. Amen. Or perhaps that I'm looking down upon you from this high and lofty pedestal of sacrificial service to the church and the community. Well, all you have to do is go ask Nikki how some Sunday mornings it took a cattle prod to get me out of the house to come lead 7th and 8th grade tables. And if you've ever led 7th and 8th grade tables, you'd understand why. Um... So I will just say this, get thee behind us, Satan, because you have no place in this house, 
and you can head back to hell in the name of Jesus Christ. All right. Um, so, I proceed with passion because of my, um, uh, my personal experience and the great blessings that God offers us to join him in his kingdom work. Doesn't need us. and Man, I want to wrestle against that often. Ananias' faithful story, it's not just about Satan's temptation in his heart that led him to lead his wife in a calculated decision to hold back their finances from God and the community. It's about all of the resources that we are stewards of that Satan tempts us to hold back. Time, talent, skill, heart, effort. So tying these two storylines together, are we holding back in ways that add administrative burden to the staff here at BCC or to the current volunteer pool at BCC? Is our service easy or convenient? Are we consumers mostly or only? Back to Stodd. I knew I brought him up here for a reason. All Christians, without exception, being followers of him who came not to be served but to serve, are themselves called to ministry, indeed to give their lives in ministry. But the expression air quotes here because my hands are holding, full-time Christian ministry is not to be restricted to church work and missionary service. It can also be exercised in government, the media, the professions, business, industry, and the home. We need to recover this vision of the wide diversity of ministries to which God calls different people. Uh, did anyone not receive Marty's invitation to serve in 2022? Did anybody not get this email? Okay, good. Fair game then. All right. Thank you. All right. Because if you didn't, we'll get it to you if, if you didn't, if uh, you didn't raise your hand. So uh, let's see here. Oh, okay. So now, no, no matter where you fall out, Myers-Briggs, 16 personality types or whatever, Okay, um, there's something here for you. So whether you're a big, annoying E or a quiet, reserved I, okay, there's something here for you. A light operator, there's not much. I'm going to guess that there's probably not a lot of face-to-face -face interaction with a lot of people there. So no need for eyes to freak out. Uh, all the eyes are laughing because, oh, good, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see, what else here? Care, oh, care ministry. Sorry, where was I? Um, care ministry. So financial counselors and employment ministry in which we will train people and provide the equipping. That's the church is willing to impart skill and knowledge to, um, to its people. I, financial counselors, actually, uh, that looks pretty interesting now that I see that they'll train people. I, 
although Nikki might rein me in on that real quick because she does the budget and she probably doesn't want me in that. Um, so uh, safety team, Dave, go ahead. Here we ask you to, on spot, but the idea is we all we are a community, we are a fellowship. And uh, to make the community go and you be a part of it, you gotta be in the game, guys. And when you find yourself in the game, unbelievably, new people open up, new relationships, and you really start to feel like a part of the body. Now, I've been here for 20 years, and I don't, most of you in this room, because I'm quoting in the game. Whether it's just ushering people, you know, the family 20 that comes in at 20 after the hour, you uh, uh, helping with AV, you know, many hands make life work. And the community goes because of us. And, you know, here I have to encourage you to be a part of that. And when you do, you know, you serve the work, but you find out you probably gain more out of yourself than the time you put into it. So I encourage you. A lot of stuff out there, a lot of places to serve. Uh, get the game done. Dave, thank you. Okay, now there's a part of me that it's very reassuring when I walk in on a Sunday morning and I see Dave Shugart and Chip Sniffin and Gary Vignette and Dave, your son, who serves alongside of you every Sunday wearing the Usher shirt. There's also a part of me that's like seeing Chip Sniffin every Sunday, you know? I mean, just, you know, are you here, Chip? Are you here? He missed me again? Ah, okay, well then that's perfect. That's just great. Um, okay, you get that. Uh, let's see here, what else? Operations ministry, uh, I missed my, uh, oh, Duck. Okay, so if, if you caught at service Duck's video testimony on the special needs ministry, man, if that didn't reach your heart, then you ain't got one, okay? Um, and, and I caught up with him at church uh, this past Sunday and, um, and he and I have been emailing back and forth. We got an email from last night. They've had 33 people sign up since that video testimony. That's awesome. Um, Kim, Grindle, Kim Grindle sent in an email, uh, Mayday email uh, last, uh, I'm losing track of time here. I think that was November timeframe, November, December. Derek, uh, hey, out to the men. Hey folks, in extremis here, Sunday mornings at, um, in the student ministry, and we had about seven guys, men, sign up, and now the demand signal's starting to, to peak off a little bit. So I um, appreciate that there. The bottom line is um, um, urgent needs here. Now, I've done this before, I'll do it again, anytime I have an opportunity, and I wanna be clear again here, fellas, for God's glory only, This is from one of your boys here in this room. Mr. Fulton, oh boy. Thank you for being a terrific small group leader for most of the years I've come to Alpine as well as becoming our new small group leader this past year um, where after Mr. Reefer rolled off, you kept giving us your insight in how to be men of God in a challenging environment because you have great experience with that. I, I can see that your teachings are worthwhile and good through the... Through the, <laughs> through the behavior of your sons, they're all great guys and, and achieve that certain level of respect that, that comes with the Fulton name. I do not deserve this, fellas, I'm telling you. Mr. Fulton, I'm immensely happy that you were my small group leader. You're one of the most positive, charismatic people I know. Being, being in a... 
Muslim family, and the only Christian in the family is myself. It's, it's nice to have an older figure to guide me further in my faith. I thank you for that and all the memories from camp. You made me feel welcome from day one, and I thank you for that. Thank you, Mr. Fulton, for everything. Words cannot describe how much you mean to my family and me. I still remember the first day we met. You put your arm around my, my dad and then started to talk to us. I was doing greeter duty. At that moment, God was working in amazing ways. Little did we all know that your family would be second family to mine. You were the reason I ever met Joy, which has been an amazing blessing in my life. Thank you for everything you provided me with staying, while staying at your house. The Lord speaks through you in incredible ways. I'll be praying for your shoulder and praying, oh, and I was getting out, you know, praying that you find a great job. Um, yeah, I busted myself up playing with the kids and I was in, uh, you know, the retirement cycle. At, uh, anyway, <sighs> dear Padre, wow, Dad, you are one great influence to all these teens at camp. So many people look up to you, and I'm so blessed to have you as my dad. <laughs> Again, guys, so, so undeserving here. After that session the other night, I felt like I took your teachings to me about God for granted. I'm so blessed to have parents that care about my relationship with the Lord and mentor me through my walk. I couldn't ever thank you enough for that, and I'm so grateful. Dad, you're the best dad I could ever ask for, even though sometimes you can be a little strange. <laughs> Yeah, you get that. Um, listen, guys, again, no special sauce here, okay? There was a need. I raised my hand. I figured I'd give it a shot. I had skin in the game with kids there. With kids there. I made myself available, made time, intended, listened, and cared. In December, I said this, fellas, you, your story your redemption story, your wisdom, and your heart, they are critical links and vessels through which we impart Christian, authentic Christian faith and fellowship to our community, the world, and the generations to come. So, Derek, uh, I know Michael's not here. Alec, you guys put a ton of data together for me in that data call. I really appreciate it. I'm not even going to get to scratch it. What I can tell you is that there are urgent needs still, men. They're on your table. It's part of the discussion topics today. A uh, little bit of quick math here. Five tables, five guys, once a month, takes care of how many rotations on any given Sunday? Five tables, five guys, one rotation. Yeah, 25. Good. Excellent, fellas. Three tables, five guys, four family members. Four family members because a guy says, hey, I'm going to do a service Sunday with my family once a month, maybe once a quarter. 60. All right. Yeah, I'm getting the, I'm getting the rope here. Thanks. Um, can't help myself. From Marty's email, perhaps the Lord nudged your spirit during the sermon, or perhaps he's speaking to you right now. Perhaps you need a little bit of time to figure out where he would want you to impact lives. Awesome. 
This is from our, our shepherd, okay? So there's grace for your season of life, fellas, all right? Uh, some discussion, discussions, questions for you there, guys. Thank you very much.